Imagine if each morning when you wake up, you're smiling and looking forward to your day, knowing you are happy even while you're dealing with grief and loss. The Grief and Happiness Podcasts inspires, comforts, and supports you with each new episode. I'm Emily Zerothret, welcoming you to explore with me your life of endless possibilities. Aloha. I am so happy to have you all here listening today. I have a wonderful guest coming to us from Italy, which I I think is really exciting. And I was recently on a big program that she had an international program that she sponsored that was very successful. And I'm I'm very happy to have her here. Her uh, program was called From Morning. That's with a U, From Morning to Light. And uh, such a, a beautiful subject. And I'm I'm very happy to have been a part. So welcome, Sadie. I'm so happy you're here. Thank you, Emily. Thank you for inviting me. Can you tell us a little bit about you and how you got into working with grief? Okay, way to start. (laughs) (laughs) At the beginning, I suppose. Yes. Um, I have lived most of my life in South Africa. And I lived in Cape Town with my husband. We we were both architects. We had a practice together. And one day he had a motorcycle accident. Mm. And I was following just closely in the car behind. So I came across the scene just seconds after it had happened. And... One of the things I've realized recently is that my mind didn't go to CPR. My mind didn't go to anything. It just went to shock. And I just ran around in circles going, oh, my God, oh, my God, because I just couldn't believe it had happened. And he breathed. He he had a, a cardiac device that um, was set to shock his heart into animation again and he breathed and he he came alive again because he was definitely dead when I got to the scene Mm. and he two ambulances two hospitals later his internal injuries were too severe and he didn't make it Mm. and my world stopped I stopped breathing I had a friend with me He put his arms around me and he said, breathe, Sadie, breathe. He said it many, many, many times. I think think your breath and your emotions are quite intricately linked. It was very evident to me because I practiced breath work. So I was very aware. I thought, oh, okay, I, I keep stopping breathing. Why am I doing that? I am that kind of person. It was almost like... There was me in shock and horror and disbelief that my husband had just died. And then there was this quiet me observing myself in this grief. I don't know if anyone's ever spoken about that to you before, but I really felt like I was split. And then I ended up in my friend's spare room. I lost my home. I lost my job. Mm -hmm. I lost everything in the moment that Paul died. And there's a lot of background story to that, but the reason was we were on our way to Italy to live here. Mm. 
So when he died, we like tied up all our loose ends, sold our furniture. You know, we were in the process of moving and then he died. And we were starting a new venture together. So when he died, architecture was all tied up and closed. The new venture was on the cards but hadn't started yet. And so suddenly I found myself in this void of no home, what to do next, no income, just really 10 feet up in the air wondering if I was ever going to come down again. And then a few months into my grief, I decided I'm going to go to Italy. Even though I can't carry on with the venture we dreamt of, I thought I would just come here and see. And that was three and a half years ago. Wow. That's amazing. So so brave of you to be able to do that. I know so many people feel in those early months, they're just so stuck that they have a really hard time making any kind of decisions. So that's amazing that you were able to do that. I had a lot of help though, Emily. I, Because I'm very spiritually minded, I I went to see a, a psychologist to help me because I was in total shock and disbelief. And that didn't touch sides. You know, conventional therapy was not the thing to help me. I walked out of there feeling cold and a little bit angry that I'd wasted my money. And so I, I felt like it wasn't in my mind. It was in my body somehow. And when I went for Reiki, then I knew that was the right thing. It's not for everyone. I think each person handles grief in their own way. So I'm not saying it will help you, but it definitely helped me. And trust your instincts, I think, is the most important thing here. Because I I just intuitively knew Reiki would, would help, and it did. So with the Reiki... I kept releasing my grief when I went to Reiki. I was able to cry because I was in my friend's spare room. So I was very, I was like treading on these social eggshells. Like I didn't know how to be. I was grieving. I don't want to howl at the moon, but I was a guest in somebody's home. It it was a very, very tricky time. My safe space was my car. So as soon as I got into my car, I would just cry. I wouldn't be able to go anywhere for at least half an hour before I set off. (laughs) Or I would set off and then I'd have to pull over. And it was a very different way to grieve, I think, being a guest in someone's house. And that may have played a huge part of me deciding to come to Italy because I knew when I got here I could grieve privately. I was craving privacy. I think that's right. You you were making me think about when uh, my first husband who died, uh, when he passed, I was staying in the same community where I was. And it's like everybody knew us in the community. We were very involved in the community. And it seemed like nobody else was dealing with it. You know, their, their way of dealing with it was to not talk to me, to not be reminded And I ended up being by myself, very much by myself for a long time. And that was really hard. And and when you said you 
moved, I thought, boy, I wish I would have thought of that at the time that that, that was a choice that I could have made. I ended up moving houses. We'd been in the same house for 22 years. And I was not comfortable with the, the neighbors that we had next door. They, they, they weren't good people to be close to. Not I wasn't wasn't a friend close to them, but close in proximity. So I was able to buy a, a small house that was in a planned unit development that was on it was close to the university where I was teaching. and it it made all the difference to get into a totally different uh, setting that it wasn't like I was looking at his his uh, his things are, you know, anything that we had together in that house. I, I wasn't looking at anything like that. I was and I'd never lived by myself before. So that was a, a big challenge and decision for me to make, too. And it was it was really good. So I can I can really understand when you said that going to Italy was a good thing for you. And I love that you you spoke about the Reiki. I just had a friend visiting me here the last few days uh, from the mainland. She came over to visit and she's a Reiki practitioner. And so we were talking about Reiki and she actually did a Reiki session with me. And I thought, this is so cool. I I would think that could really help people. And then to hear hear you say right now uh, how much it helped. I I really encourage people to look for for what's going to work for them. And not to think that it has to be anything traditional or anything you would have thought of before but just kind of trust your intuition the reiki sessions really were interesting if you want to talk a bit about it oh yeah i'd love to i um i'd never met the lady before she was a friend of the friend that i was staying with and the friends i was staying with they were very, very sympathetic. They were emotionally intelligent. They they didn't make me feel like I couldn't grieve. It was me. I felt like I couldn't impose my grief on them. But they were very supportive. So, so when I got to Reiki, she just held my feet and rocked them. Hmm. Before she even started the Reiki, she was just tuning in and she'd wrap me in the soft pink blanket because it was winter and there was a wind blowing and it was freezing cold and she wrapped me and it, it was just so nurturing just the simple act of someone tucking you into a blanket holding gently onto your feet and just rocking you I just cried I think I was there for an hour and a half and I cried the entire hour and a half <laughs> wow and what happened in the sessions, I had a few with her, is she started to become a channel. And she'd never been a channel before. Mm. And she just kept saying, it's so interesting. Um, Paul's guides are here and they are saying this and they are saying that. And then after the session, she would say to me, this has never happened to me before. Mm. I've never spoken to people's guides before. Wow. So I got a lot of information from her through Paul's guides, you know, because when you go into the energy work, it's almost like you go into a zone where you're receptive, and that's when his guides could actually communicate with her. It, it wow. was fascinating. Can I tell one of the, one oh, of the things do. that happened? Yeah, please do. <laughs> this is fascinating to me. 
okay, so I get there the one day and she tucks me in the blanket and she rocks my feet and she does reiki on me and she says, oh, Paul's guides are here again. They say, do you know the poem, How Do I Love Thee, Let Me Count the Ways by Elizabeth Barrett Browning? And I go, I, I know the poem. And they say, this, the poem is Paul's gift to you. They're saying that he gave you a book of poems, and he did. A few years previously, I love poetry. For my birthday, he bought me a beautiful collection of poems, a, a small hardcover book with a ribbon to mark your place. And with the move and with the packing up and going to Italy before he died and then clearing everything when he had died because we had like something like two days to get out of the house mm. before the new owners were arriving and it was just chaos and I couldn't remember whether I'd kept the book or not and I was in a total panic and I thought oh I have to find my book of poems anyway at the end of this session I went home to where I was staying with my friends and they are writers and journalists and they had several books of poetry and this poem was in all of them so they rushed off to get their favorite books of poems poured me a big glass of wine all sat down and we found the poem and then we read it together what a beautiful poem and what a beautiful message from Paul because the poem is all about I shall but love thee after death. You know, he, he loved me more after he died, more than he had in life. And he loved me a lot during his life. So so that that message of being loved even more now that he's dead was just very comforting. And then a few months later, I went to another friend's house and he had a box of my things and we were going through it. And I found my book of poems. Oh. That Paul had given me. And I was flipping through it to see if I could see quickly where the poem is. And it fell open where the ribbon was marked. And it was on that poem. Oh, wow. That is so beautiful. You brought me to tears. I've got I, goosebumps all yeah. over just telling the story I'm again. Sure. It uh, that's such a beautiful poem. I've I've always I haven't thought about that poem in in forever, but I'm going to go read it again now because I I know it's one throughout my life. I have, have always really loved that poem, mm, and it's a beautiful poem. Uh, oh, it is, and the, and your uh, your experience with it is so beautiful. I just uh, can see you being so supported through that, and. Poetry wasn't really Paul's thing. Mm. So it's so interesting that he came through with this poem for me. Well, it's, you know, <laughs> also, I don't know where this came from, but I just thought it, I, something that I have heard and said often in my life is ours is not to reason why, you know, <laughs> and it's, it's the kind of case, it's just there, it's supposed to be there, it was meant for you. Uh, the message was meant for you and for you to be able to share it. I know that you're bringing comfort to other people with that. And I'm, I'm sure had I not just had Reiki day before yesterday, <laughs> I'd be going out to find some Reiki after today because it, it, uh, it really 
it's it's a it's a feeling. Uh, that's the only way I can describe it. Is it's a feeling of uh, what comes to you and what comes through you when you have the process of Reiki. And I love. I have done a podcast where we talked about Reiki before, and I think it's something that's that is worth looking into and learning about because there are so many different ways. As you said, the traditional therapist was not didn't work for you. And I couldn't even convince myself to go to one. You know, I had people tell me that I needed to, and I, it just, I knew that it didn't resonate with me. Mm-hmm. So, and I think that's why I'm so uh, thrilled to be teaching people how to write through their, to help them deal with their grief, because it's not something that everybody teaches. And it, the people it appeals to are the people it needs to appeal to. And it really works for them. It's really, really valuable. My friend gave me a journal and a pen for my birthday. My birthday happened a month or two after Paul. Let me just think. A month and a few weeks after Paul had passed. So they tried to make it as special as possible with roses and a tea party and gifts from the dog. And it was just really sweet. But it was so bittersweet, as you can imagine. Oh, yeah. So here I sat with the sparkly diary and the sparkly pen, and I thought, wow, I had such bad brain fog. I couldn't write. But they had fridge poetry. You know those little words Mm -hmm. that are magnetized. My friend writes poetry. She loves poetry. And so her fridge is covered in these words. So when I couldn't sleep, I'd go to the kitchen and I'd play around and create fridge fridge poetry. (laughs) That's wonderful. <laughs> what a great idea. <laughs> uh, and I came up with such deep poems because I was in that space of life and death. And uh-huh. you know, Emily, when your husband dies, you die. You yeah. die. You have to recreate yourself again. You really Am I do. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a new a new life. It's a different life. I, I lived in the moment very much with, with Ron, my most recent husband who died. And it was kind of easier because of that, because I was used to that, where I wasn't so much the, the last time. But I, I, I think it was easier for me to accept the changes that came with his, his departing. That I knew that things weren't going to be the same, and I didn't know how they were going to be. But I was open this time to to look and, and just know that that everything was in divine right order and it was going to work out, whatever it was. Mm. And I, I think if you can take the worry away, that 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 makes a huge difference. To decide to come to Italy was a big decision. Oh yeah. But but there wasn't really a choice. The choice was go backwards, like try and reestablish what Paul and I had had together yeah. and trying to put that together again just didn't make sense. Yeah. I didn't even, not gonna I happen. Didn't even want it, if that makes sense. And then, and then the only other alternative was to move forward. Yeah. And the forward was going to Italy. So I thought, well, what's the worst that could happen? <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Yeah. yeah. I, I, I might I, die, and and dying isn't that terrible. So I thought, well. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of, kind of where I am now, too, that it's like, okay, if I die, I die, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can't be any any uh, worse than anything that I've been through so far. So that that happens, and I I really uh, focus on on living today and and what's good today. And it, that doesn't mean that things aren't going to hit you. I know uh, just a few days ago, a friend that Jacques and I had he he was the husband before my last husband died in a car accident, and he was really well known he was an actor and and people really knew him because of uh, he he really came into his prime during the pandemic actually because he he became an instagram phenomenon and he was such a cool guy and i i have i the last few days since this happened i you know i think about when Jacques and I were together with him, I think about things that he said and and that'll bring something to me. But he also was was a very funny person. And I'll I'll go from tears to laughing because I think of something that he said because he was just kind of hysterical. <laughs> and it's nice to be able to know that I don't have to be limited by that sorrow that that happens. And and it's nice to have memories that come back that are that are good things that that uh, you know life is good good things have happened in my life and I'm I'm very glad for that and I'm, I'm glad to be able to help other people now too I know at that that retreat that I, I told you that I just uh, was part of that people kept commenting to me that they it felt good to be around me because I was so happy. And when they think about grief and they think about their loss, they're, they just, it's all, all sorrow. And my whole thing is you can grieve and be happy at the same time. You just, if, when you realize that you're starting to go down that slippery slope, if there's some, something that you can do to remember something really beautiful or really cool or pick up your book of poetry and turn it to that page or do something like that even if tears do come they're sweet tears and it's it's uh it's beautiful that's yeah that's that's why i've called my event from morning to light i love we're that. on the same page emily because even though i was grieving i could still let the light in and I could do it by meditating. And the one speaker on my previous event, the first event I did, said, be careful not to let um, wanting to meditate become an escape from your grief. But I, it never felt like that to me, Emily. It always felt like a place to go where everything was okay. Oh. It was comforting to go there because... How to explain it? We also, in terms of the Reiki, everything is energy. Mm -hmm. Everything. And so when you meditate, you're tapping into the collective energy of everyone, of mankind. That's why you have to treat your brother as yourself, because you are your brother at the end of the day. And so if you can meditate deeply like I do, you end up in that space. And when I was in that space, I, was, I would feel so connected. And then I would feel safe and I would feel everything's okay. 
on this plane. Mm-hmm. Everything's okay. And then when I come back from the meditation, then that would come rushing back. That pull isn't here anymore, especially in the early days. But it was less painful because I'd let some light in. So each time I came back, it was less painful. It was like, okay, he isn't here, but it's okay. I've got my place to go to. And he's in that place. Yes. Oh, that makes sense. It makes absolute (laughs) sense. And I'm so glad you brought it up because I don't think we think enough about meditation. I I don't know what I'd do if I didn't meditate every day. I start my day with the meditation and then writing every day. And since I've started that practice of being, I that's that's my absolute. That's the way my day starts. And I actually wake up really early in the morning automatically looking forward to that, that, oh, I get to meditate now and I get to write now. And then then my whole day starts on on a on a really good kind of centered uh, place that I can I can move forward and know that that everything, is all right. That's why you're happy. And that's why people are attracted to you. And they want to be around you. Because happiness is an inside job. Nothing outside of you is going to make you happy ever. That's right. That's yeah. it. That is really the truth. We yeah. need to embroider that on a pillow or something. So. <laughs> you decide to be happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah, very important. And then the third thing that helped me was nature. Oh, yeah. So I am staying at my friend's house. There was this nature reserve very close to their house. And I would wake up in the mornings and I would force myself to get out of bed and go to this nature reserve. And I would I wanted to run. You know, I had so much agitated energy in my grief I I needed to expel it somehow but I couldn't run I felt like I was running in syrup it was the weirdest feeling and so I would run walk run walk up these mountains to the most incredible places with the most incredible views Mm -hmm. and I would just cry from the beauty of the world because I just you know when you're in that place of heartache and just, I don't even know how to describe that place. Everything is so terrible and so beautiful all at once. <laughs> and just hugging trees gave me so much strength because trees, trees are alive. They're not animated alive, but they're solid, stable presences with this ancient wisdom and if you hug a tree and you open to that energy of a tree you can tap into the stability of a tree and and they are so secure I mean even the thin small trees you can hug them you can't push them over they don't budge when you hug them I mean the trees you can get your arms around are are small trees I ended up hugging trees that I was like nowhere near getting my arms around. (laughs) And the one day I was driving along and I saw a grove of trees and I was so compelled to go hug these trees. So I jumped out of my car, ran across this field and I got to this one tree 
and I hugged it like a long lost friend. I don't know what was going on. And I, I just closed my eyes and I rest my forehead against the tree and I just start to breathe. And I get this wave feeling, like waves of energy come through me. And then there was this beautiful white angel in the tree. I could just see it and feel it. And I've never had that experience before or since. Mm. But I just... The trees called me. I can't even begin to explain how or why. And there was this beautiful angel in this tree. And that just gave me so much comfort. The angel didn't speak to me. There was no message. But I just felt that I was in the right place at the right time. And it was just confirmation that it's going to be okay. Mm. That's so fabulous. I, and I, I 100% agree with you with nature that it's, it's, it's out there and it's basically free, you know, <laughs> it's a really, really good therapy to be able to, to get out into the nature and be wherever you can. I know that's helped me so much here in Hawaii with mm. being outside and being around there. We have big trees. We have beautiful tropical flowers and all these things that just feel so good. But you also reminded me about when uh, Ron and I, early in our relationship one day, I was not having a good day. I don't remember what happened. It just was not a good day. And he was he was driving. He'd picked me up and we were going someplace. And I just, he, he sensed that things just weren't okay. And so he pulled into this parking lot in a shopping center <laughs> and he said, okay, close your eyes. And he took me through this guided meditation. And while he was doing that, he said, now think of someplace that you know that is, is so beautiful and you find comfort there. And I immediately went to this place when I was in, uh, younger I had gone to camp every summer and the camp that I went to was up where there were redwoods and and the sequoias and there was this one particular place that I had found that I could go where there was a little clearing right next to a redwood and you could look up and see the sky and everything around that was green or or wood and it it just, it always felt so good. I can remember what the air smelled like there. I'm always searching for that fragrance. And I, I guess you have to be up that high and around those kind of trees to get that particular fragrance. But I can recall the fragrance from all those years ago. And I remembered that place and that the big tree there was so important to me. And ever since we had that little experience with him him doing this with me, uh, I and I, I named the tree. Uh, I was a kid, you know, so I, I named the tree, and for some reason I called it uh, called him Reggie, and I haven't known Reggie before or since, so I'm not sure where the name came from, and I didn't tell Ron that I'd named the tree, and later, much later, he was talking to me about how how he had um, like this guardian angel that that he always felt comfortable that 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 guardian angel Reginald was there for him. Oh. So. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, it, it's kind of kind of a really <laughs> cool thing, you know the yeah. the synchronicity that 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 we 
all experience in different times that kind of draws everything together and and shows you that there's there's comfort out there for us. We're we're supposed to be happy. We're supposed to be comfortable. We're supposed to be comforted. We're supposed to be loved and supported. That's that's the way that the world is supposed to be. And when you allow it, you you can have it all. And if you if you don't, and even in the circumstances that we've been in with with our our losses, we still I I still have love for for my two husbands deeply and will forever. Just as I'm, I'm sure it's the same for you. That uh, we just have to allow ourselves to be happy. We have to allow ourselves to love full out, and just uh, make the most of the lives that we have while we're here. That that's the reason I could move to Italy is because I knew I was being supported. Mm. The angels, the Reiki, the messages. I just knew heaven. I, I would I started to write in my journal eventually, and I said, heaven is cheering me on. Oh, I love that. And I meant all the people who've passed away that I love, all of them, they're cheering me on. They want me to be happy. They want me to succeed. They want me to live a full life. That, that's so beautiful. And you, you reminded me with my journaling, one of the things that I do after doing some, some thank yous, I call in all those people to be guiding what I'm writing and, and the, the ones who are inspiring and supporting me. And sometimes I even get little written messages from them while I'm writing and it'll come out. But I, I know they're all there. And when, when we allow that, it, it's really special. The signs that I get, I've, I've just realized I keep seeing butterflies. And at first I thought it was Paul. And and I've recently remarried Emily, just recently. So I've remarried an Italian. Ah. His name is Pietro. And I have a beautiful brooch of a butterfly that I got from my grandmother who passed away several years ago. And I've pinned it because I wanted my grandmother close. So I pinned it to my um, shawl that I had with my wedding dress. And I've been seeing butterflies here. Even when it snows, I see butterflies. So I know they're a sign. And then it dawned on me. I don't know why it took me so long to realize this. It's my grandmother sending me my butterflies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's taken me all this time since she passed away to put the two and two together. But it, I always knew it was special to see them, mm -hmm. but it feels even more special now to realize, oh, it's her who's yeah. coming. That's beautiful. I, I, I have a thing with, with butterflies too. Ron and I would sit on our lanai, which is the Hawaiian word for like deck out, out back, uh, every day because it's beautiful here and we spent more time outside than inside by far and he would have there there was a tree in particular that where the butterflies came from you'd, you'd see the caterpillars there because they really liked this this tree and we had tons of these butterflies and they never did this to me but they always did it to him while we were sitting there they would come and sit on him they'd be on his shoulder on his head on his knee and they, they could just sit there and be quiet and at peace with him. 
And he, he looked at me one day and he said, you know, whenever you see a butterfly, you know that I'm around. And I, I just thought that was so, so special. So I see him. And one day, several months after he died, I was having a, an especially challenging day. And I had signed up for an art class at the art center that's um, several miles from her house. It's a, it's a beautiful place. And I knew I, I love how art helps me with grief. It, it really any kind of art. And I've done lots of different things that, that have helped me. And I was I was going to go over there and I went outside and there were so many butterflies. I couldn't believe how many, it, lots of them, like a whole lot. And I got in my car and drove these, it's probably three or four miles from my house. They were flying around my car the whole time. Wow. And when I, I parked the car, they just kind of... Uh, all kind of went off in a group, went off away. And I looked at my car. Usually when you go through butterflies, you get some of them stuck in the grill or on the windshield or something. Nothing stuck to my car at all. And I thought he knew I was having a bad day and I needed some support. Oh, that is beautiful. So it, it really is. And, and the, the other, I have another butterfly story. <laughs> um, I love it. Tell yeah. me. <laughs> when, when my sister died, it was, it was during uh, COVID and she was during the shutdown and she was on the mainland and I was in Hawaii, so I couldn't go over there and it was hard. And so when Ron died, we'd had an ash scattering service for him here where, where everybody that came brought these, these, grocery bags full of flowers from their yards that we could take out in the canoes with us when we went out into the ocean to do the ash scattering and scattered the flowers at the same time. So I thought, I've got all these flowers in my yard. I'm just going to take some flowers to the beach and put them out there and do my own little thing for my sister. And a friend of mine drove me there and I did that. And it was it was so peaceful and the water was so clear because there, there were no tourists here. People weren't going to the beach and the water just cleared up. It was like drinking water. It was amazing how beautiful the water was. And as I was standing there, he came over and tapped me on the shoulder and I looked down and there was a butterfly sitting on my toe. <laughs> and I actually could take pictures of it. I had my my camera or my phone in my hand and and most of the time it was like this but when it opened up like that I was able to get this really beautiful picture of it sitting on my toe wow and I thought <laughs> there really is something to the butterfly connection mm, definitely so well, uh, I hope this brings a lot of comfort to people who are wondering if the signs they seeing are real mm -hmm. I just want to say they are. They are. Trust, trust them. Absolutely. And the more you do, the more you look for them, the more you ask for them, the more you'll see them. That's right. Yeah. And that, and your writing too. When you're asking for answers, it'll come out in your writing. It's, mm -hmm. it's just being open and being, being gentle with yourself and taking really good care of yourself. And always trust that you're being supported because That's you right. are. You are. Yeah. And you're never alone. That's right. Yeah. Well, this conversation has been absolutely wonderful. And I'm so glad that you were able to, to join me today. And I know that we've given people a lot to think about and a lot to smile about and, and know that they can 
be grieving and be happy at the same time and be in love for the rest of their lives. The, the love doesn't go away. So thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me, Emily. It's been really, really good. It's been a different conversation. Yeah. It's been it's been real. <laughs> That's right. It it and has deep. been. And deep. Yes. Yeah. And I, I know I loved it. And I'm I'm uh, I'm looking forward to people getting to hear us talk and I'll have in the show notes all the information about Sadie and underneath the, uh, the podcast there so that you can continue to follow her and find out. I'm sure that you're going to be doing another from morning till uh, light because it's such a beautiful concept and it was so well received all around the world. So I'm, I'm was happy to be a part of it and, and hope I'll be invited again. <laughs> You most certainly will be. Thank you, Emily. Yeah. Uh, thank you very much. And we'll see all our here, all my listeners next week, and be happy to have you back. Aloha. Do you want more comfort, support, and happiness? Join the Grief and Happiness Alliance. Visit my website at lovingandlivingyourwaythroughgrief.com and read my book, Loving and Living Your Way Through Grief. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast, rate it, review it, and binge on all our episodes on grief and happiness. I can't wait to welcome you back to another episode.